Here to worship with us today. We're going to lift the Lord up in praise together with our call to worship, and uh, we're thankful that you all made it here safe, and we're glad that we get to be a part of the family of God with you today. Let's uh, encourage each other and lift the Lord up together in worship. We have the promise that says that if He lifts us up, uh, or that if we lift Him up, that He'll draw us onto Him, and uh, we'll have that special communion with Him that He intended when He first created the world, right? And had and uh, created Adam, and he had that special relationship with him where he talked to him face-to-face. And we can go boldly before God's throne and talk to him as well, but we need to uh, make sure that things are right in our lives. And one way to do that is to lift them up in praise and uh, to be in prayer for forgiveness for the things that we've done because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but we have a righteous, a righteous Father who's quick to forgive our sins if we ask him to. So let's lift them up in praise together. We're going to um, sing this song, All the people said amen. Amen. You are not alone if you are lonely. When you feel afraid, you're not the only We are all the same, in need of mercy To be forgiven and be free It's all you got to lean on, but thank God it's all you need And all the people said amen Whoa, and all the people said amen Thanks to the Lord for His love never ends And all the people said Amen If you're rich or poor, well it don't matter Weak or strong, no love is what we're after We're all broken but we're all in this together God knows we stumble and fall And he so loved the world, he sent his son to save us all. And all the people said, Amen. Whoa, and all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit who are torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted and the pure in heart. Blessed are the people hungry for another star. For this is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And all the people said amen. Whoa, and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit who are torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted and the pure in heart. Blessed are the people hungry for another star. For this is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for His love never ends 
And all the people said amen. 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 Hallelujah. Remember, amen isn't just the end of a prayer. It means I agree. So blessed are those people who have trusted in the Lord. Amen. Guys, good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that are here today. We've already had a, a, a great Sunday school class. I look forward to what God's going to do in here this morning. And guys, I just thank you that, that we can gather together and know that God is God. He is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. So if you're here today and you don't know him, I pray that that will change before you leave today, that you'll give your heart to him. That's the number one concern of the Lord. He desires that none should perish. No, not one. And that includes you. But let's go to Lord in prayer and let's start this off asking God's blessing to be upon this service today. God, we just come before you and just praise your name, Lord, and just thank you that, that we can gather in this place. There are so many today that does not have a place to gather. Maybe it's flooded or it's been decimated by the storm, or maybe they're overseas and having to gather in, in, in secret. But God, I thank you that you allowed us to live in a place where we can come together, brothers and sisters in your name, in your blood, and just worship you. So I pray that all that we say and do here today, uh, may it bring a smile to your face, Lord God. May you be able to sit back and just, just, just shine down upon us and pour out your Shekinah glory upon all of those that are gathered here this day as we lift your name, as we praise you. God, may your blessings be made manifest in the hearts of your people this day, and may we glorify you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that are here today. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and just tell them it's great to be in God's house this morning. Through my disappointment, striving, discontentment, I cast my every care upon the Lord. No matter what obsession, pain, or deep depression, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages, saved from all the storms that rages, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. Even though he's gone now, I don't feel alone now. With comfort came the Spirit of the Lord. Now with his word to guide me, from temptations hide me. I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages saved. From all the storms that rages, rage, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. Now I'm pressing onward, each step leads me homeward, I'm trusting in my Savior day by day. And close is our relation, firm is its foundation, so on the solid rock I'll stay. I'm standing on the rock of ages, saved from all the storms that rages, rich, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. And through my disappointment, striving discontentment, I cast my every care upon the Lord. 
No matter what obsession, pain, or deep depression, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages straight. From all the storms that rages rich, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the solid rock. Amen. I wasn't, but you know, I, I probably won't right now because it's too. I didn't think about it. Let me pray about it. I, I didn't think about it, to be honest. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, just a couple announcements. Uh, the, the first of which, just to invite you guys to our Revelation class on Sunday evening. Uh, as you know, you didn't miss anything last Sunday evening. I, I appreciate you guys understanding the prayer and thought that went into the decision that was made last Sunday. That's the first Sunday I have ever... And since being a minister, have ever uh, canceled church on Sunday morning. I didn't cancel church. I asked everyone to have church at home. For the first time, we didn't open the doors here. And there was a lot of prayer and a lot of discussion that went into that. So we didn't have Sunday evening service as well. So we'll, we'll proceed with that this evening. So I want to encourage you to come out for that. The other thing I would just point forward, and I know you know about it already because you've been watching TV and such, but the floods and everything that are still ongoing, uh, the people that are captured in those floods and such, need our prayers. But we need to also remember, if we are going to be praying in that uh, avenue, if we're going to continue to pray around the floods and the devastation of the floods, it's not just Houston. There are many outside of Houston as well. I was able to spend uh, some time this weekend down on the coast helping and working, and there's a lot of people who have lost everything. Everything's decimated. So I encourage you to continue to pray, continue to to give if that's what the Lord lays on your heart. But pray that God will show himself. Like one of the times yesterday, it was, it was really nice. As we're all working, I'm working with a bunch of people. Some are Christians, some probably are not, but we're working in this area. And here comes a, a, a group called Fishes and Loaves out of Austin, handing out food and water and sandwiches to all the workers and everything. And after they, And there's lots of groups doing that. But that group happened to do that where we were yesterday, and after they left, there was quite a few of those guys that were working around me that I don't, I can't say they are not Christians. However, their actions didn't show that they probably were. But it was neat for them to say to me, isn't that great that a church would come all the way down from Austin just to give us food and water? And that opened the door for me to share, well, you know, that's God. They're doing what God's called them to do. So praise the Lord that they were doing that and that there were people who were catching you know, they put it on their little truck, fishes and loaves of the, of the Lord. And they were handing out uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and water. And, and to a lot of those folks, I know myself, that water was good when you've been working out in the sun for a while. So I want to encourage you to continue to pray. Pardon? Oh, well, they may have had fish as well. I just didn't get it. <laughs> um. But they were going and they were uh, uh, doing what the, what the Lord called them to do. So we need to continue to keep all those folks in prayer. And now I'm going to also lift up a personal praise unto the Lord. Uh, I was sharing this with folks last night and then again this morning. I, I, my son and I, we did a lot of work, a lot of strenuous tree cutting and hauling and a lot of work. And at the end of the day yesterday and today, I can tell you, 
my knees do not hurt. Uh, well, that may be a little bit. But, I mean, I'm walking without a cane. We worked. They held me up a little bit from what I wanted to do, but they don't hurt. And I'm saying that it's totally the Lord who was able to bring that together. Amen. God gets all the glory. So if God encourage, it lays on your heart to go down and help, you don't need to be with a specific group. Go down and just find a place and ask, what can I do? There's plenty to do. There's plenty of work down on the coast or Houston, whichever way you want to go. I know on the coast, they're just, just jump in. There's plenty to do. All right. Well, that's enough on that, but continue to lift them up in prayers, guys. Brother Brian, you got our scripture reading this morning? I'll try not to breathe on you. That's all right. Lord, I'll just uh, thank you for my brother coming up and going to to share the the reading of your word with us. And I just pray that we hear you through him. Thank you, God, for his willingness to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Amen. We were uh, Thursday night in the prayer meeting. Uh, The prayer is awesome in there. You know, the... The food is good, but but the prayer, the fellowship, the, uh, we were we were trading a few stories, anyways, and and uh, some some healings that have occurred that have just been flat out miracles. Uh, can't explain it other ways. Neither can doctors. Uh, so it it has to be a miracle, and it got me thinking about uh, about prayer and asking God for things. And uh, this scripture came up this morning, uh, and I'm going to be in Luke chapter 11. Uh, I'm reading from the Holman, but it it doesn't matter. Uh, And I'm going to start in verse 1 here and then skip a little bit of it because we know it. Most of us here know it. Uh, Jesus was speaking to the apostles at this point. They they liked to ask him questions. We talked this morning in our Sunday school class about the apostles asking Jesus questions, but they, uh, Jesus was praying. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples." Uh, John had apparently taught his disciples to pray too. Jesus said to them, and then he quoted the Lord's prayer. He he recited the Lord's prayer. Um, um, and I think most of us are familiar with that. But I want to uh, concentrate a little bit here on the persistent part. After that, if we skip down to verse 5, he says, he, he also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me. And I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer you from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, uh, yet because of his friend's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Because of the persistence. Persistence in prayer. So I say to you, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives 
And the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Uh, what, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you, if you have something that just isn't working out, if you have a question to ask, be persistent in taking it to God. If you have healing that needs to happen, he will supply the Holy Spirit that will give the answers that you need and lead you to the Lord if the case be. But be persistent in your prayers. Thursday night's a good time to be persistent in prayers, too. We have a good time there. Um, Food, fellowship, and prayer. And we go over our prayer list that's in your uh, bulletin. Keep that prayer list and and keep your brothers and sisters in prayer. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, thank you for your love that you pour out on us. Thank you for the fellowship that we can have here uh, with you, God. Uh, As brothers and sisters in the family, Lord. Thank you for this praise team, God, that, that, uh, that is uh, singing your praises. God, thank you for Brother Frank bringing us your word. And Lord, I just pray that everything that is spoken to us, everything that we hear today and everything that we say would glorify you and help uh, promote your kingdom, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short of your perfect will so often, God. And I I pray these things in the holy, precious name of your Son, our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Who are we that you would be mindful of us? What do you see? It's worth looking our way We are free In ways that we never should be Sweet release From the grips of these chains Like hinges straining from the way My heart no longer can keep from singing all that is within me cry for you alone be glorified Emmanuel God with us my heart sings a brand new song the dead is paid these chains are gone Emmanuel God with us Lord you know Our hearts don't deserve your glory Still you show A love we cannot afford Like hinges straining from the way My heart no longer can keep from singing all that is within me cried 
for you alone be glorified Emmanuel God with us my heart sings a brand new song the dead is paid these chains are gone Emmanuel God with us such a tiny offering compared to Calvary nevertheless we lay this at your feet such a tiny offering compared to Calvary nevertheless we lay this at your feet and all it is within me Christ for you alone be glorified Emmanuel God with us my heart sings a brand new song the dead is paid, these chains are gone, Emmanuel, God with us. Such a tiny offering, compared to Calvary, nevertheless, we lay this at your feet. Such a tiny offering Compared to Calvary Nevertheless We lay this at your feet And all that is within me cried For you alone be glorified Emmanuel God with us My heart sings a brand new song The dead is paid, these chains are gone Emmanuel God with us Your sacrifice is brokenness, a heart that's full of tenderness. Come and break me, Lord, to seek you in your righteousness, to find you in your holiness. Come and take me, Lord, that I could learn to trust you in every way to love you. Strip away all that remains for glory in your name Until there's nothing left of me Burn kingdoms I have made you would shine I would fade Till there's nothing left of me Your spirit is the only one that conforms me to your son Let him move in me 
Your grace is written deep in me, sign my heart with purity. With your holy blood, that I could learn to trust you in every way to love you. Strip away all that remains for glory in your name. Till there's nothing left of me But the kingdoms I have made You would shine and I would fade Till there's nothing left of me Strip away all that remains For glory in your name Till there's nothing left of me But the kingdoms I have made You would shine and I would fade Till there's nothing left of me your sacrifice is brokenness, a heart that's full of tenderness. Come and break me, Lord, to seek you in your righteousness, find you in your holiness. Come and take me, Lord, that I could learn to trust you in every way to love you. Strip away all that remains for glory in your name Till there's nothing left of me But the kingdoms I have made you would shine and I would fade Till there's nothing left of me I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me near, near, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before Thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with Thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. There the depths of love that I cannot know Till I cross the narrow sea 
There are heights of joy that I may not reach Till I rest in peace with Thee Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord To the cross where Thou hast died Draw me near, 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 blessed Lord To Thy precious bleeding side Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart I worship you. and just ask you to have your way in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen.
As you be seated this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms. We're going to be looking at Psalm 78 this morning. However, before we get started, I'd like to ask you to watch the monitors. We're going to present a video of a young man that was sent to me a couple of weeks ago, and I'd like you to hear the, the message that this young man has to say. What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission? What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian and just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision? I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce, but in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Religion might preach grace, but another thing they practice, tend to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. They can't fix their problems, and so they just mask it, not realizing religion's like spraying perfume on a casket. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, make it look nice and neat. But it's funny, that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now I ain't judging, I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought a jersey. See, this was me too, but no one seemed to be on to me. Acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded, acting if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness, but now that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. Which means I don't have to hide my failure, I don't have to hide my sin. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. See, because when I was God's enemy, and certainly not a fan, He looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it he called them fools. Don't you see so much better than just following some rules? Now let me clarify. I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? See, remember he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness, not now, not then. Now back to the point, one thing is vital to mention. How Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. See, because religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage, while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Which is why salvation is freely mine and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and the blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. 
and he absorbed all your sin and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it because when Jesus said, it is finished, I believe he meant it. Now that was a young man that I think has a pretty powerful message. Amen? He had something to say. So before we get started right now, though, at least forgive me, I want to get a little more comfortable as I go to preach the service today. And as I get more comfortable, I think that this getting more comfortable right now is going to give you a visual. Maybe you'll remember the message today. So I'm going to go ahead and Sherry told me, well, go, this, this is supposed to be done at the house, not behind the pulpit. <laughs> However, that's right. I had to search for a SpongeBob shirt. Hey, I always went so close from the stand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. What I want to talk to you about this morning, SpongeBob, that's right. I bet this will get this sermon maybe to go down in your memory just a little bit. Where can I clip this so I don't mess up Spongebob? There we go. But that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit this morning, and that is that we, uh, many folks look to a Spongebob religion. And I'm going to look at Spongebob religion just a little bit. Before we do, though, in, in Psalm 78, and you know, this will make a little, this will be brought more clarity in a little bit, but in Psalm 78, verse 15, it says, He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as abundant as the depths. He brought streams out of the stone and made waters flow down like rivers. Now, as we think about this SpongeBob that I have on just a little bit this morning, God can use anything to put together a message. Amen? Let's think about SpongeBob just a little bit. I think probably everybody knows a little bit about SpongeBob. You may have never watched SpongeBob, but you've seen him. He's been around. He's done so much now. Uh, here's some facts about SpongeBob. When Steve Hillenberg created SpongeBob, he was actually a marine biologist and a science teacher. And this marine biologist and science teacher, he, he went to class to start drawing cartoons. And he, he just thought one day, you know, I, I, I want to continue drawing cartoons. And the thing he liked to draw the most were marine creatures. Well, the oddest marine creature to Steve was the sponge. He thought, that is just a weird entity. And he said, I'm just going to draw this sponge. Well, the lumpy shape of natural sponges didn't really feel right for the character he wanted to create. So he, he kept thinking about it, and he happened to walk into his kitchen one day, and there was the, the, the perfect, clean, square sponge sitting on the sink. He said, there it is. There's my guy. There's the sponge I'm going to draw about. And he said, there, uh, that's him. So he, 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 he draws the sponge. Now, if you don't know SpongeBob, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. That's absolutely right. Or under the ocean. Let's use the word ocean this morning. He's, he lives in a pineapple under the sea, as the song says, which is the ocean. Now, why would he pick a pineapple? He likes pineapples. And he said, you know, SpongeBob should like pineapples too. And he said, that's the new rule. SpongeBob's going to live in a pineapple. And, and marine creatures do a lot by smell. And he said, pineapple has a strong scent to it. So therefore, SpongeBob will want to live here 
in this nice little pineapple under the sea. Now, he originally was named Sponge Boy. But believe it or not, Sponge Boy is already trademarked. Uh, I have no idea what Sponge Boy is, but it's trademarked. And he said, okay, I'm going to name him SpongeBob. Now, Tom Kinney, who does the voice of SpongeBob, when they were trying to think of what kind of voice should SpongeBob have, he said, let, let, let's think of something that will make the viewers think of the ocean again. Because that's where SpongeBob's going to live, is in the ocean. So that ridiculous, annoying laugh, if you've ever heard it, of SpongeBob is actually based upon uh, the distinctive call of a dolphin mixed with just a little bit of the hype of a seagull, seagull shriek. So that's where they came up with that, that annoying laugh that SpongeBob has. If you've never watched SpongeBob, consider yourself blessed if you've never heard that laugh. That laugh is absolutely annoying. Now, I watch SpongeBob, not really anymore, but it, that laugh, this, once it gets in your head, it's just incredibly aggravating. But that's actually based upon dolphins and seagulls. Well, the other thing, too, according to SpongeBob's driver's license, he was born July 14, 1986. However, we know he was already looking for a job at the Krusty Krab in 1999. So that means he started getting his job very young. He has a, a whole group of friends in the ocean. He has a, he has a crab, he's got killer whales, anchovies, hammerhead sharks. Uh, a, a squid, well, squid's not really his friend, but he hangs out with him, I guess, somewhat. Lobsters, flounders. He catches the jellyfish. Yeah, he goes jellyfishing. So he's a squirrel. Yep, squirrel. Starfish. Yeah, Patrick, if you want to call him, a, he, he's just kind of there, drooling, but yeah. But yeah, he has all these friends. You know, he's got all these groups of people that hangs out with him in the ocean. Now, so we, we, we see who he is. We know where he got his voice. We know where he got his beginning. We see how he got his, or when he started getting his job there at Krusty Krab. Has a whole group of friends, and they all live under the sea, by the pineapple under the sea. Now, what in the world can that have to do with us in Christianity today? Where in the world can you tie that kind of stuff together? I say this. As I was thinking about this, my, the, the kids were, the grandbaby was over last Sunday, in, or last week, and that was the first time in a long time we were watching Spongebob. And it just dawned on me, this video was running through my head because I wasn't really watching Spongebob. I was more thinking along other things in my head while the baby was watching Spongebob. And the two melded together in my mind for this reason. I think there are a lot of people today who like and or, or do practice a Spongebob religion. Now, what do I mean by that? What, what do I mean by a SpongeBob religion? Why would I say there are people uh, living out a SpongeBob religion? He's in the ocean. And like the ocean, it's vast. Now, in that ocean that SpongeBob lives in, because he lives in the ocean, we know this, there is, that is where 90% of the volcanic activity that occurs on this planet. There's a lot of volcanic activity. In 1993, scientists found that the, the, the largest concentration of active volcanoes in, on, on this planet is on the seafloor in the South Pacific. And when they look there, this area about the size of New York State has 1,133 active volcanoes under the ocean. These volcanoes, actually they said three or four of them could erupt at any moment, but these, these are all active volcanoes that are in the ocean there with SpongeBob, 
where he hangs out, with the friends that he hangs out with. And you think, well, okay, what happens when a volcano erupts? It changes the surroundings. Where he lives, his surroundings are going to be changing all the time. He has no real foundation because the ground is always moving. You see, where SpongeBob, uh, his land, if you will, his part where he chooses to live, is constantly changing. Folks, when we look to religion rather than Christ, when we look to religion rather than the Word of God, when we look to religion more than the Bible, when we look for people to grab out of the blue, out of the, out of the YouTube sphere or, or the Internet or wherever, when we start looking to people and religion more than Christ and His Word, we're going to find that our life is always going to be changing because we're not bounded or based upon anything solid. The only thing solid is Jesus Christ. And when we choose to move from that solid foundation and, and start seeking out religion, there's going to be volcanic activity, volcanic activity all the time. Things are going to always be moving and changing around us. In Proverbs 24, 21, he says, My son, fear the Lord your king. Do not associate with those who are given to change. Now, that does not mean get stuck in a rut and do the same old, same old. What it is, is when, when people are continually changing what they believe in because they choose this religion to this religion to this religion to this religion, in Proverbs twenty four twenty one, he's speaking to us and saying, that's not a stable man. That's not a stable human being. That's not a stable person. And don't associate with that. Associate with Jesus Christ. Associate with God the Father. Associate with God the Son, the Holy Spirit. If we are going to be the people that God's called us to be, if we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, then we don't need to get stuck in religion. We need to get stuck in Christ. When we ground ourselves in God's Word, that foundation is not going to change. Sure, the stories may change some peripheral things that, that from age to age and culture to culture, but the basic understanding, the foundational Word of God, does not change. Where the floor of the ocean is always changing. In Malachi 3.6, it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. You know what that says? That if I want to put myself and live in a religion that's continually changing, or if I want to continue changing religion to religion to religion to religion, all that change says that I'm going to be consumed. But yet, if I put myself in the Lord who does not change, again, that's Malachi 3.6, you can go back and look at it later, if I choose to put myself there, God says, I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And folks, let me share with you this morning that everyone in this place needs stability in their lives. There is enough out there to rock us and beat us and knock us around without us continually changing religion and trying to change to different rules and aspects that trying to, as the young man said on the video, dress up the outside. Let's forget about dressing up the outside as much as we need to clean up the inside, and you clean up the inside with the blood of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. It's not religion that saves you, it's Jesus. We hear a lot of people who say, well, get religion, it'll, it'll help. You know, you got problems, go get religion. The truth is, religion a lot of times will make you even more unstable. It's not about getting religion. You want stability in your lives, you don't get religion, you get Jesus. You put your faith and your foundation upon the rock of God. You don't just sit out in the ocean and let all the volcanic activity go on all around you. If you've ever watched SpongeBob, about every other one, the entire city's wiped out by something. 
It's not the way it's supposed to be. We are to have a stable life, and we do so through the rock, through the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, so there is volcanic activity in SpongeBob's world, always changing things all around him. Well, there's something else, too. There's undersea earthquakes. Many, many earthquakes. And the earthquakes that happens undersea causes disturbances called tsunamis, or, or these huge, great waves. The largest recorded tsunami, believe it or not, was in 1737, 210 foot tall when it hit the Siberian Peninsula. 210 foot tall wave. That's a pretty massive wave, and it takes a lot, it just causes all kinds of destruction. Those are the kind of disturbances that happens in SpongeBob's world on a regular basis. If we are going to live in the ocean of religion, which I say that because religion encompasses all kinds of things. What, you don't like this aspect? Of it? Well, bring this in and bring that in. Religion makes rules and sets standards and puts all these different kinds of things out there. And in the ocean of religion, if you will, there's going to be some serious disturbances that you're going to have to deal with. Because religion, as the young man said, is world-made. It's, God, uh, it's made by man. And what's in the world is of trouble. The things that are of this world are not going to last, guys. But yet, that's what religion, like the young man said, religion is man searching for God. However, God is searching for man. When we look at religion, we need to think of Romans 8.35 when when he's speaking there and Paul's sharing with you and I. He said, who will separate us from the love of Christ? He says, will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or, or nakedness or peril or sword? Are those the things that's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Folks, when the world gives us a a religion, it's given us a a present. It says, here's the gift of religion in this beautiful, nice little package. Here's here's religion. Everything's done for you. Everything's squared away. Everything is right. However, don't don't actually open the box. We're going to give you religion. Just just don't seek into it a little bit. Don't, Don't open the gift. This is just the gift of religion that we're going to give to you. Because what happens? When you open up the religion, you get the tribulation, you get the distress, you get the persecution, you get the judging one of another, you get the famine, the nakedness, the peril, the sword. All those things come out of religion because we sit back and, as he said, start pointing at her and him and she and accusing and accusing and accusing of a religious ideology. God doesn't give us that pretty box. If we really want Jesus Christ, that gift wasn't so pretty. The gift of his son was slapped, it was whipped, it was beaten. It hung upon a cross. The outside of Christ was not a good thing to look upon. But when you look to the inside of that gift, what did Paul say? What can keep us from the love of Christ? When we open up God, when we look into God, what do we find inside? We can look in there and and, and see that Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. When we open up the gift of Jesus Christ, we don't have to worry about the persecution and the sword coming from one another, brothers and sisters, because it's not about religion. When I open up the gift of life from Jesus Christ, I see eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we are not to practice the SpongeBob religion, that religion of the ocean. It should be pinpointed. It should be straightforward. It should be the love of God. It should be Jesus Christ. Now, that gift does not say you won't have tribulation, but he says, I will be with you. doesn't say you won't have distress, but he says, I will give you joy. doesn't say you won't have persecution. He says, but I will give you strength. Folks, 
It's up to you and I today to make that choice. Do we want the world religion? Do we want to just do what everybody else is doing in the ocean? Or do we step back and say, I want the gift of God that he offers through his son? As that young man in the video said, there's a difference between Jesus Christ and religion. Jesus came and looked at the religious leaders and shared with them their faults. Paul, when he was preaching, he always went to the Jews first. But they wouldn't listen to what he said because they were stuck in wanting to stay in their religion. He would share the gospel and many times getting stoned and beaten and thrown in jail for it. But he would still go to the church and the religion first. Religion doesn't like to have Christ at the head oftentimes because it does, Christ's word doesn't agree with the religious laws of man. We need to follow Christ. Jesus Christ is the one. When... when when, when we realize that it's not about the world religion, it's about Jesus, then we won't get stuck on trying to accuse and point fingers at everybody else. We'll say, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, how can I make myself better? What do you need to do in my life? Show me the error of my ways, O Lord. Show me my heart, O God, so I can change and conform to what you want, not what religion wants me to be, not what the pastor said or this person said. God, what do you say out of your word, your solid foundation, where I'm supposed to be. Now, there's another problem. And this is one where we fail oftentimes uh, that when we think about SpongeBob religion. When we come out of it, let's say we come out of that and we really start seeking Christ. What happens to us? We come out of the ocean and, and we come out of that SpongeBob religion and we step out to the side. What do we do? Oftentimes, we sit down on the beach. We feel the, the mist against our face as the ocean rolls and Have you ever just wanted to sit on the side of the ocean and the ocean's almost like calling to you? We start yearning for that ocean again. We start yearning for that old lifestyle again. We start yearning for that religion again. We start yearning for that that water. Isn't it funny? God made us 72% water. If you think about the human body, we are mostly water. In fact, our blood is 80% water. Our brain is 75% water. Our liver, believe it or not, is 96% water. We need water. We do need water. So should we sit on the edge of the ocean and, and, and yearn for the, the water of the, the religion? Should we yearn for that ocean water to come into us? Or should we look back here to our text? It says, He brought streams out of the stone, this is Psalm 78, verse 16, and made water flow down like rivers. You see, SpongeBob lives in an ocean. Everything's encompassed. Whether you're a lobster, a hammerhead, or a sponge, we're all going to be buddies. Or we're all going to judge one another. Or we're all just going to get together and do what we feel like. The the ocean encompasses all this stuff. But the Word of life, the Word of God, doesn't live in that vast ocean. It flows like a river of life. Folks, the Word of God is the river of life. It is the living water. We should not be stuck in 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 an ocean of religion that tends to just sit there and have all the volcanic activity, has all the earthquakes, has all this stuff going on in the sediment and dirt and trash, while the river is flowing. The river is flowing. If you've ever been a survivalist or been in the military, you know you can't drink from the stagnant water. But if you can find flowing water, you can drink that water. Why? Because it's pure. It's going. It's it's moving. It's cleaning itself. It's sharing life. It's making life. It's cutting new pathways. Folks, we need to get out of the ocean of SpongeBob religion and jump into the river that is the river of life of Jesus Christ. 
It's not about just hanging out as a sponge on the bottom with everybody else. It's, God, what would you have me to do? And when you hang out in the ocean, you kind of just sit there and bob along. When If you're in the river, you're going to go. It has a mission. It's flowing out. It is changing the land as it goes. The difference between an ocean and a river is an ocean tries to encompass everything. And a river has purpose. The river says, I'm going to this one area that's lacking in churches. Or I'm going to this one area that needs to hear the gospel. The river is always flowing. The river of God, the river of God's word is always going to be moving. The church tends to be more worried about monitoring the ocean. Well, is she doing this right? Is he doing that? What about that girl over there? You know, we need to go check on so-and-so and see if his, his sin life is kept in aspect and, and everything's good over there. We need to judge this. We need to do that. God said, go and share the gospel. Change the landscape of the river. Go out. I, I think the church has become so stagnant in the many years here lately. It's because of the, the religion that's transpiring. God said, go ye. We have been practicing a SpongeBob religion of sitting in the ocean way too long. It's time we got out of the ocean, jumped in the river, and went where the river told us to go, and say, thus saith the Lord. Do you remember when you first got saved, how you just wanted to share, how you wanted to bring others to Christ, how you wanted to tell others about how on fire you were, how you wanted to reproduce other Christians? I don't, obviously, I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. You just wanted to, to, to tell everybody. You wanted everybody to know this God that you had that you had changed your life and you just couldn't wait to go out there and, and share it with other people. God has put that in our hearts ever since He's created us. We have a desire in our hearts to go forth and change the world. When we are on fire for God, when we are truly moving in the powers of God, we're not going to want to sit still in a dead religion and just judge people. When we truly are on fire for Christ, we're not going to want to just sit in a dead religion and, and go over our, our monetary sheets and, and do this and do that. When we are on fire for God, we're going to get out there and we're going to get busy. We're going to work with others. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to present ourselves and put ourselves in positions that's outside of the walls of religion and say, thus saith the Lord. That's how you can tell you've come from the ocean to the river. God wanted man to multiply. We know in Genesis He said that, but I would say it's the same with Christians as well. He wants us to go forth and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Mark, if you remember in Mark 16, 15, he tells, Mark is speaking there and, and, and God's speaking and He says, go, go out there into all the world and preach the Gospels to all creation. He didn't say sit in your church and your religion. He said, go and preach the Gospels. Once we are saved, once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we realize that this is to be our foundation and the Holy Spirit is to be our power, we're not to get caught up in religion. We're to go. We're to jump into the river, not stay in the ocean. In Luke chapter 23, God's speaking there, and He says unto His servant, go out into the highways and the byways. Get out there. Find everyone. Go out there and let everyone know. Go into the hedges. And he says, compel them to come into my house so that it may be filled. Compel them. In other words, we are to go and, and not tell people about religion. We're to go and tell people about God that lives at our church. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't gather in church. No, the Bible says that do not forsake the gathering one to another. We are the church, and we should gather as a church, and we should uplift and uphold one another. But we're not to curse and judge and bring down one another and just judge each other by rules and regulations. We should be sharing Christ. And when we're sharing Christ, yes, God, God is a God of, 
of, of righteousness as well. There are things you should and should not do. But there's ways to share that and ways not to as well. Religion just wants to come down on people. Christianity says, I want to lift you up to God. I want to lay you at the feet of the one who I serve. Go out into the highways and the, and the hedges and compel. Go out there and tell everyone to come in. Isn't it kind of funny too? The river's always called fresh water. The ocean's never called fresh. It's always, it's always stagnant, not stagnant, but it's always salty and, and messed up and, and moving. The river is fresh water. In, in verse 16, he brought streams out of the stone and made waters flow down like rivers. Folks, it's not sitting in seawater that Christians have been called to do. We are not to be sedentary sponges with funny laughs. We're not to be that sponge that's in SpongeBob religion. We should see revival. If we, want, if we truly want to see revival, if we really want to see this church filled, if we really want to see people coming to know Christ, then we would stop and say, God, what would you have me to do? We would stop and say, Lord, where would you have me to go? What would you want me to say? I want to take people out of the ocean and put them into the river. I want to take people out of religion and put them into Christ. If we really want that to happen, then we need to quit get out of the SpongeBob religion. We need to get out of the ocean and back in the river. Start practicing and preaching the Word of God. Not worried about what my brother and sister's doing. What am I doing? What am I doing? I shared in Sunday school this morning. It was kind of humorous yesterday while I was working with some people. This this very very strong, large man had come over to me and and immediately I I, I thought I must have done something because he was he, you could tell he was angry and he looked at me and said. I, they tell me you're a preacher. Um, okay, sure. Well, how do you deal with stupid people? I try not to, first of all. He said, well, them people over there are stupid, and I'm not going back over there anymore, and you're a preacher. I go to church, and, and I know that my, they told me I'm supposed to love everybody, but I don't love them. Well, you know, I was kind of put on the spot at that point. I, and I just reminded him, I said, you know, bro, there's rules that says what you have to do, but here's what God said. You don't have to be their friends. You've got to love them enough to share the gospel. Now come over and stay working with me. You're a big guy. I can use you over here. <laughs> when we are living the way God would have us to live, it's not about rules and stuff. It's trusting the Lord. God, when he came and asked me, how do I deal with stupid people? The first thing that went through my mind was, get out of there. But then I prayed quickly, and then God gave me the words to say to just diffuse the whole situation. Now, he didn't go back over there. But the situation was diffused, and it turned into, we started talking about God and started talking about the church and started talking about things that I wanted to talk about, not religion and the rules that he was told he had to uphold, but the God who gave him his grace. Now, is that, is that saying that Frank is super cool and smart? No. That's what happens when I don't stick to rules and what the books say I have to say and say, God, what will you want me to say to this big guy right now? And just say what the Lord gives you to say. When we start standing up for God, there's so many people that stand up for religion. If we would stand up for God as much as people stand up for religion and, and quit accepting anything that comes down the pike, this world would change. We need to quit keeping God's word in the four walls and in our in our in our religion, and start letting it flow like a river. It says he'll give you the water. We need water. 
He says, I'll give it to you like a flowing life. John chapter 7, verse 38, he says, He who believes in me, hear that? He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. If we truly believe in Christ, he says, it's very clear, it's in the scripture here, if we believe in him, not religion, you know, so many people say, well, I don't have enough education behind me to share the gospel. I don't, I, I haven't read my Bible enough. I haven't done this enough. I haven't done that enough. What did he say? If you believe in me, out of you will flow living water. In other words, if we truly believe in Jesus Christ more than religion, then he'll give you the words to say and they'll flow from you like living water. Whether you're the preacher, whether you're a deacon, or whether this is the first time you've ever accepted Christ, out of you will flow living water. So the question this morning is, where are you? Where are you at in this whole thing? Sitting like Spongebob on the bottom of the ocean of religion, just kind of hanging out? Or are you flowing, powerfully moving in a river of God's Word, allowing God's Word to use you? Are you like Spongebob locked in place on the sea bottom? I should say a sponge, Spongebob goes all over on his unicycle thingy. Or are you truly flowing with the river? Only you can answer that today. But in Psalms again, this is what my God did. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as abundant as the depths. Didn't need an ocean for water. My God split the rocks and brought forth water. He brought streams out of stone and made water flow down like rivers. I don't want to get caught up in the ocean of religion. And I'm afraid we all do at times. I'd much rather be in that flowing, living water of Jesus Christ. I think, you know, I've said this before, and I went through it as well. I think every Christian goes through a pharisaical stage. You get to that point where you think you've studied the Bible enough where you start beating people with the Bible rather than loving them with the Word of God. But you know what? That's a growing stage. If you're, stayed, if you're still there, you stayed there, you've been in church all these years, and you still want to hit people with the Bible rather than just share the love of Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you you're stuck in SpongeBob's ocean. And it's time to step out and let the Word of God move like living water through you. And you will see changes in the people around you, not because of who you are, but because you got out of the ocean and you're just flowing with the river of living water now. And they see God in you. Folks, that's what it's about. You can sit and be like Spongebob, or you can flow with God's Word. That's your choice. Hey, little man. If, if you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not even stuck in, you may be stuck in religion, but you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, how in the world can you ever float, share the flowing water of life? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, that's the first thing you need to do. The wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But my God, in His infinite wisdom and in His infinite grace and mercy, said, Whomsoever believes in me, though, shall not perish. I'll pay that price so they can have everlasting life with me. Jesus loves you. doesn't matter how long you've been stuck in the vat of religion. 
doesn't matter what name was on the, the tub of that religion. If you will truly accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you'll step out of that ocean and be in the living water of life. And it can flow right out of you. It's your choice this morning. It's your decision. You know, I, I enjoy, like yesterday when I was working all day, there's three or four different opportunities where the Scripture came up. It's amazing to me, no matter what you're doing, when you are there, if you're truly open to God's Word, God will bring His Word out through you. I went yesterday truly intending to just cut trees and haul logs. Yet, several different times, God had me say and speak into situations. Wonderful. I'm not going to lock up in religion, I just want to flow. He'll do the same in your life if you'll allow Him to do so. So do you want to look like this guy on my shirt and be stuck in Spongebob religion? Or do you want to be out there preaching the Word of God? Being what God's called you to be. Flowing like a river. If He can bring water out of a rock, He can bring water out of you. It's your choice. So I'll stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. God, this morning I come before you and just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we will understand that it's not about religion. That religion oftentimes is is man's way of just putting forth rules and regulations upon our brothers and sisters. It's about your word, the living word, the flowing word of life. God, may we understand that we we don't, nor should we want to be within that ocean. We want to be where you've called us to be. If there's someone here today that has not surrendered their heart to you, I pray that they will accept you today. If there's someone here today that's been teetering on the edge of the ocean, trying to decide between the ocean and the river, may they choose that river of life today. God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we pray this morning, you're welcome to pray where you're at. You can come to the altar. I'd pray with you. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm wearing a funny shirt. God still hears our prayers even if we wear Spongebob. But if God's wanting you to pray right where you're at, will you do that? Maybe he's telling you to go grab a brother or sister and pray with them. What is God asking you to do? I'm not saying the religious thing. I'm not saying the thing on the itinerary. This is what we do now. What's God telling you to do right now? You might be, God still loves you. And if you will come to Him today, you may say, but Pastor, you don't realize I really messed up last week. I did some seriously, incredibly dumb things. Well, guess what, guys? I did too. We all do incredibly dumb things compared to what God did for us. But the great thing is, uh, he, great thing is He loves us anyway. And He said, whomsoever believes in me. I, I'm sure when I get before the Lord one day, He's going to look at me and just kind of frank, frank, frank. But at the end of it, I hope I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yeah, you made a lot of mistakes, but you kept turning back to me. I pray that that will be you. If you don't know him today, you can't leave out of here and say, well, I never knew. Well, I was, I was adhering to a religion. After today, you can't use that excuse. I'm telling you straightforward. It's not religion. It's Jesus Christ that gets you into heaven. 
not a denomination. It's Jesus Christ that gets you into heaven. It's not my praying for you. It's you praying to the Lord in his death and, and burial and resurrection and ascension that gets you into heaven. It's your decision today. Your choice. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I hope I didn't throw everybody off preaching in a SpongeBob t-shirt. I just, I got online real quick and bought one and had it two-day direct ship so I could get it by Sunday. <laughs> I do not own a SpongeBob anything. I do now. Actually, I'll probably pass it to my son. In fact, I could see Cameron jumping over hoops to get this. If God's working in your life, guys, let him work. Don't let religion hamper what God's doing. Listen to what God has to say. And you'll be amazed what it's like to step out of that ocean and into that river. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good seeing everybody this morning. Before we close, Elizabeth, you want to come up? Elizabeth, this is Elizabeth Briggs. And she's coming this morning. She even gave me the date in, July, in, in 2013 when she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. And when she really accepted the Christ as her Lord and Savior, as she put it. And she's coming this morning. She says she feels like that God's called her to come and be a member of the church here with us. Amen. So if you're, if you're in accordance and agreement with that, say amen today. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to, to come up. Brian, will you come stand with Elizabeth for me? I guess he doesn't like you much. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you to... to Elizabeth is coming to join with us. Help her feel at home. Come and shake her hand to let her know that it's good to have her part of the family. Guys, and I praise God that Elizabeth's coming to join. She already knows Christ, but praise God for that. But now let's get those who don't know Christ and get them in here as well. Amen? That's the important thing. Brother Stormy, would you close us in prayer this morning? She's okay. She's okay. That we can come in here and worship you and praise you and allow us to feel the freedom to do that. Amen. Father, we get caught up sometimes in the do's and the don'ts instead of in the love and the grace. Help us to walk in the human Christ to be here today and carry you out to the Lord Jesus. In to my disappointment, strife and discontentment, I cast my every care upon the Lord. No matter what obsession, pain, or deep depression, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock of ages saved from all the storms that rages rid. But not from Satan's wages I'm standing on the solid rock Even though he's gone now I don't feel alone now With comfort came the Spirit of the Lord Now with his word to guide me From temptations hide me I'm standing on the solid rock I'm standing on the rock of ages saved from all the storms that rages rage, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. Now I'm pressing onward, each step leads me onward, I'm trusting in my Savior day by day. 
closeness our relation, firm is its foundation, though on the solid rock I'll stay. I'm standing on the rock of ages, saved from all the storm that rages, red, but not from Satan's wages. I'm standing on the solid rock. Yeah, you're singing. I'm standing on the solid rock. You did good. You're 